Progressive Rugby League. Hello and welcome to another instalment of the Progressive Rugby League podcast. The Slug's here and he's excited. Uh, who else we got? Well, of course we've got Jono. Here I am. <laughs> he waved again. You've gone back to waving. That's mental. All right, and Big Al. Big yeah. Al's in. Big Al's here, Big Al's in the house, and Big Al is also excited. Let's not keep people waiting. Let's rip straight into some NRL reflections. And I'm going to throw it to Big Al first. Bang. Big Al's reflections. So I like to, fellas, this is a, this is a progressive podcast. So we all consider ourselves progressives, and we've already spoken about this through our journey of what progressive rugby league is is that uh, winning is secondary. It's not mm. all about winning. Absolutely and, correct. And that's a really, really easy position to take when you have no expectation of your team actually winning. So, and also, again, being a progressive, a progressive fan, one, another uh, aspect of progressive rugby league is also being aware of uh, that taking the negative route is easy. We spoke about this the other week, and that you've got to make sure you're not a negative Nancy. So I, my reflection of the week is, is me. I'm turning the spotlight around, and I'm firmly shining it on me because... I did a bad thing over the weekend, a very, very bad thing. Oh. Well, that's just PRL confessional. Yeah, <laughs> Continue. Really. New segment, PRL <laughs> confessions. So all through this year, I've, I've already said I'm a, I'm a tragic West Tigers fan, and I had no expectation of them actually doing anything this whole year. And they've, they've been winning, which has been really, really good. But I had no expectation of them oh. winning any of those games. And even during the heartbreaking and controversial loss of the Broncos in Round 2, I, or round three, whenever it was, I took that so well. I was very philosophical. Yeah. It's okay. You can't win them all. That's fine. These things are going to happen. Swings and roundabouts. It's all going to come back around. Last week, the first game of the year where I actually expected the Tigers to play well and win, they might not. I didn't expect them to win convincingly, but I certainly expected them to win. And as soon as things weren't going my way, things took a turn for me. Oh. Things took a very sharp and nasty turn for me. All right. I was uh, luckily I was at home with a very trusted friend, so judgment was was it wasn't in a, in, a, in a public forum. You're a trusted space. But I was standing up, I was yelling. I, unfortunately, I had the windows open so the neighbours could hear. I was saying nasty things, and then when I that heartbreaking try right at the end, I think I nearly threw the remote control through the TV. Oh, yeah. And then I refused to watch any games the rest of the weekend. Oh. I, I I sat down. I had a big fat sulk. I had a sulk, and it wasn't until today when I've been able to remove myself from the heat of the moment and the heat of the situation, have some personal reflection time that I realised that what I did was entirely unprogressive. Yeah. Shame on me. And I apologise to the, the PRL, the, the, the doyens of PRL in this room and the wider PRL community. Oh, I'm very yeah. sorry. Oh, Big Al Tanty. That's no good. It's, well, can, um, I say, can I say, Big Al, you've put the big in Big Al because <laughs> it's big of you to actually... <laughs> confess these in a public forum, such as the, the wide global audience of, of PRL. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, unfortunately, right at that moment when you uh, started throwing stuff around, that Canadian couple turned back up and said, what do you, what do you get so upset about rugby <laughs> for? <laughs> no, well, good on you for admitting it and, and reflecting over the weekend, Big Al. Yeah, it's not I, easy look, to do. I, like I said before, I feel deep shame. I really, really do. I thought I was better than that, and it turns out I'm not. You're not. I'm not better than that at all. Well, I need to make sure I'm always in control of my my emotions when it comes to the results of football games. Well, it's it's a timely reminder, Big Al, that you, as well as the rest of us, you're a human being. 
<laughs> You're a human being oh, with human shucks. emotions, and when you cut, you bleed. Yeah, that's it. You can only beat yourself up so much, that's can't right. you? Particularly when you're being passionate. Exactly. And, uh, you know, on a related note, my team, Parramatta, they finally got a victory on the weekend. And I was, you know, I, I was very happy, but there was a, a small part of me that was, you know, slightly disappointed because I was enjoying playing that. You're enjoying the, the oh. struggle? Yeah. The, <laughs> the yeah. martyr role? Yeah, the, the martyr role. <laughs> the, the moral high ground progressive role of, you know, when your team's down, you know, that's when you've got to step up. Yeah. Uh, and Parramatta won on the weekend. I was just like, oh, okay. Well, let's not, let's not let passion... As David Gallup famously said, let's not let passion get in the use as an excuse for poor behaviour. No. Terrorists, famously David Gallup said, terrorists are passionate about what they do. Oh and that doesn't goodness. mean they're allowed to do it, does it? And no. then, of course, the game had a lot to say about that. Well, uh, and might I say, I enjoy the return of masochistic Jono <laughs> to the podcast. Well, all that kind of flows nicely into my round reflection. Oh, Speaking of West's losing and... Uh, that's... That's West Tigers. West Tigers, sorry. Losing and Parramatta winning. My round reflection is simply, how weird is the comp this year? I mean, we're seven rounds down, and I, I, I really feel that any team can beat any team on their day, even Parramatta. So I reckon 16th on the ladder could... I reckon Parra could beat Dragons on their day oh, yeah, absolutely. at the moment. So, so how the hell are you meant to tip any of this? Oh. <laughs> like... Don't ask me. That Not having a great season. For all those people that have complained for years about the salary cap and restriction of trade, blah, blah, blah. Look at what it's done. You have a, a competition. This is one of the, this is probably the only professional, fully professional competition in any sport in the world where what Slug said is true. There is an actual chance of first beating last any day of the week. You can, it doesn't take to take a, thousand, like a, a, a leap of faith. First. Sorry. Yeah, first beating last. Pretty sure that can happen in most other sports too. Uh, of last beating first, and it just shows the evenness of the competition, which I guess is why there's such, you know, we'll talk about pressure on referees, is because there's such, it takes just a little edge, all it takes is the difference between the two teams on the day to get the win. Yeah, so, that's right. There's not, there's not as much pressure on referees when you have a comp where the top three teams just smash everyone beneath mm-hmm. them, right? Or maybe all those people complaining about the salary cap over the years have actually been complaining about how hard it is to tip and win the tipping comp <laughs> because, um, you know, the two things are combined. They're linked. But I would say this is probably the hardest year to tip in recent memory. My, I, I, did, I got six right this week, which is pretty good. Wow, but I think the last, my last five weeks, I've not got any more than four. Mm. Well, Slug, I, I heard you got seven. I did get seven, but oh, this is kind of proves my point, is that I actually just stopped trying to guess who was going to win <laughs> and just went... Da, 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 bang, 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 you were trying game. to be funny. That's right. Yeah. But of course, as often happens, Raiders ruined it for me. That was it's. Um, but you know, I've got myself to blame as well because I couldn't in good conscience pick South. So what do you do? <laughs> All right, Jono, your round reflection. My reflection. I was in a car driving to dinner on Saturday night. I had the radio on, and I was listening to the Knights Tigers game, and. It was uh, listening to the ABC, a very progressive radio station. And, of course, the commentator kept calling out the name Peter Godinay. Peter Godinay. And I thought to myself, that's a beautiful-sounding name. And I, I kept, throughout dinner, I kept repeating in my head, Peter Godinay, Peter Godinay. <laughs> and I just thought it just rolled off so beautifully. And it, it looks good on paper. Yep. It sounds good off the tongue. And I thought to myself... Off the Allen tongue? Off the Allen <laughs> tongue. And I thought to myself that night that... I wonder what 
are my 13 favourite names if I could pick a team with just cool sounding names oh, and right. you know what I just happen to have done oh, it wow. <laughs> are they in position it. as well they are yeah I mean I, I went through all the team lists and I looked all the fullbacks and I you know I, I compared them all yeah. so you know if you've got and have, have a minute or so yeah of course we do these are current players current players oh wow yeah, all playing uh, I think over the weekend so they're not necessarily the, the coolest sounding names. I've got no rhyme or reason, really. Just names I like yeah. at the time. That's yeah. okay. Yeah, so I'm going to start with fullback. I've got Roger Tuovasa Shek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shek Ping. Quite I like right. how the Shek Pings. It's like spitting Tuovasa tobacco Shek. into a... <laughs> yeah, Ping. Uh, on the wings, I've got David Fusitua. That yeah. just feels good. That feels such good, like such a good name. And on the other wing, Edric Lee. It's the Edric that Edric, makes that Edric, name. Yeah, Edric's yeah. a solid first name. In the centres, Ricky Latelli. It's okay. a yeah, beautiful yeah, right. 50s sitcom name. And Kel, Ken Malmalo from the Warriors. Oh. Malmalo. It's a, bit, oh. it's a bit of a mouthful, but it's a bit caramelly. Uh, <laughs> at 5'8", Jack Cogger. Jack Nin- Cogger? Yeah, yeah, 1940s mining sort of name. But it's it's <laughs> impressive name. Uh, at prop, Lisa Naumau. That's a yeah, hell of a name a from one. the Dragons. Yeah, uh-huh. And also, I was thinking Matt Eisenhuth. You know, it was mm. on the verge of being presidential, but sounds, then it finishes... He sounds like a Rocky villain, doesn't he? Yeah, it's on the verge of being presidential, but it ends with a hooth, which is just <laughs> a weird sound. Um, at hooker, Slade Griffin. Yeah, yes. very nice. Yeah, very from nice. the Knights. He's your sort of new age American comedy sort of name. I would, I would have said a, a 60s prog rocker as well. 60s prog rocker, exactly. Uh, in the other prop department, we've got Devita Pengai Jr. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes too many syllables and not enough. <laughs> In the second row, Robbie Rocco. Of course. Yeah. 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 It just rolls beautifully. And Elliot Whitehead is sort of like okay. a, a butler style name, English butler. <laughs> um, and then at lock, Jay Arrow. Or Jai Arrow? Jai Arrow. Jai Arrow. Yeah, right. It's a pretty cool name. Yeah. Then on the bench, they're mostly um, Penrith players for some reason. Tyrone Peachy. Tyrone yeah. makes that name. And Peachy, although it's been used before, it's still a cool name. Yeah. Uh, Corey Harawira Naira. Yep, Once yeah. again, a tongue twister, but if you get it right, it's very satisfying. <laughs> James Fisher-Harris, sounds like a washing yeah, machine. You like your hyphens, don't you? Yeah. yeah, and Isaiah Yo. Yo, come yo. on. Yo. Can't beat that. So, yeah, yeah just names I like at the time. It might change next week. It's, that's that sort of thing. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, like, yeah. uh, that's a very great team. I'd just like to throw a couple into the squad sure. for consideration. Well, what about Kalen Ponga? Oh, Ponga's Ponga. Ponga. <laughs> My, my, up there. my girlfriend was upset that I didn't include Jason Taumalolo. Yeah, that was going to be another one because purely because of the way Rab says it. Yeah, Taumalolo. But I thought to myself, and I, I mentioned this to my girlfriend, that I think I've heard the name too much, so it's lost its, yeah, yeah. its sort of effect on me because he's such a good player, obviously, yeah. that Taumalolo just now for me is just like a smith. Yeah. Yeah. So my uh, my favourite player name to say is is Ben Madalino, but oh. only because every time he gets the ball, I find myself saying Ben Madalino, <laughs> and it's very satisfying. Yeah, I mean, you could have used the whole Warriors team really, but yeah. I, well, uh, I, was, I wanted to be well, across. They've got beautiful names. Solomon Carter as well. I like yeah, that exactly. one. Well, Lainani is one of my favourites. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you know, they, let them all sort of vie for a position in first grade. There, absolutely. I like the feedback. I like the team. Solid. Thank you. Solid Thank team. You. All right, let's move on to the PRL mailbag. We'll have a new theme this week. All right, we've got a new theme. Yeah. I now, mean, are you going to do a live one? Is that what's going to happen here? Yeah, well, we were talking about it last week, and over the week I've been coming up with... I've got two versions. I've got, like, more a soulful version, <laughs> but I've also got more a, a sort of rap-style version, I think, and I think that's the one I'll go with today because, okay. you know, we're trying to attract that 
youth market, you know, uh, big L, you know, okay. with all your markets and things. So I thought I'd try for that. So shall I give it a go, see how we go? Why not? We have fickle listeners who uh, have very uh, distinct musical taste, but you try and please them. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> PRL, what's it smell? It's the mailbag. Got a niche, you can stretch it with the mailbag. Stupid question, there's no such thing. Ask us now and we'll let you win. <laughs> You're real. What's that smell? It's the mailbag. Got a niche. You can scratch it with the mailbag. It's the mailbag. It's the mailbag. Ooh, the mailbag. Ooh, the mailbag. Ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a round of applause. Thank you. Oh, my Thank goodness you. me. What do you think, people? Oh, that's, oh, oh, that's that was, Yeah. That, that was called... PRL, it's the mail bet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now, can we just go over the lyrics there one more time? Is it? It's PRL. What's that smell? It's the mailbag. <laughs> PRL. What's that smell? It's the mailbag. Got an itch? You can scratch it with the mailbag. Right. So, so that, that, makes, that, yeah, that makes sense. That's a metaphor. Yeah, yeah it's a it's a loofah well, style mailbag. Quite scratchy yeah, that's thing. Right. So you yeah, could yeah. itch it with the mailbag. Yeah. But where are we keeping this mailbag that it's so smelly? That's what I want to know. No, it, the, the letters sometimes. No, I mean sometimes, you know, opinions can be smelly. Oh, what's that gotcha. smell? Yeah, what's that smell? It's all right. Back. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, that's all right. And continuing the theme of discussing the uh, theme song for longer than the segment, I love that each and every week. Um, look, I'm going to have to have a crack at cutting that into some music if that's all right, Jono. Go for it. All yours. I want it. That'll, that's a keeper, as far as I'm concerned. All right. Now we were dangerously close to having. No letters in the mailbag this week. Impossible. No, true. Not even Steve Ruhlman wanted a bar of us. Okay. So, um... It's a new low for us. <laughs> but again, last minute, someone's come through. And thank you, Matt and Hugh, once again, for coming through with a few questions. Oh, wow. Just to keep our PRL experts here busy. Mm. And the first one is simply, nostalgic question, what is your most memorable moment watching Rugby League live? So, who wants it? I'll take it. So, for me, oh, this is live at the ground we're talking about. Yeah. So, uh, my most memorable moment, I have two. Can I take two? Yeah, so, one, one is, is one that sort of led to the development of Big Al. And that was, uh, it must have been 1995, and my dad took me to Leichhardt Oval to see the very last game of the Bowman Tigers before they moved to Parramatta and became the Sydney Tigers for the oh, ill-fated 1996 yes. season. <laughs> so there I was sitting on the hill, and before the game, I heard a yell of a roar from the crowd. I looked around to see what it was, and there was a streaker running across the field. <laughs> a female streaker running across the field, holding a, a, an 80s-style Bowman Tigers flag. And that was the first time I'd ever seen the naked female form. <laughs> and I will never forget it. And it really, uh, it combined what are now my two favourite things. Oh, my like God. Oval. <laughs> Stop it. And nude women. You don't mean no, that. No, no, I don't mean that. Um, but it was really, it was uh, an interesting time for me. Um, it's just a, yeah, it was a very uh, a coming of age moment, I Formative suppose. Formative moment. Yeah, in the, in the Big Al story. So there you go. But when you come to actual football. Oh, can I have a guess? I'm sure. going to say sure. 2005 Grand Final much. Well, that's a bit obvious, isn't it? it well, that's there, what's the answer? Of course I was there, All please. Right, well. uh, no, I wouldn't say that was my favourite moment. My favourite moment was probably the, the prelim before oh. against the Dragons. Right. So that was the game where, I mean, it was the, the tickets had gone on sale two weeks before, so it was like 80% Dragons fans. The Tigers shouldn't even be there. The, the Dragons with their $20 million salary cap at the time. 
should have beaten the Tigers convincingly on paper. And the Tigers played out of their skin. I still remember that, that try from Dean Hallitow where he just ran from dummy half from about 20 out, knocked over five people mm. and plants the ball oh. over it. It was magical yeah. stuff. Yeah. It was a great game. And I remember leaving the ground at that moment going, I can't believe the Tigers are going to be in the grand final. This, this is how happening. is this happening? How is this real? Yeah. And it was a really, really, it was a really great time. Great game, great time. It was I mean, they were the bloody Sydney Tigers 10 years ago. What's going on? <laughs> um, yeah, well, one that springs to mind, I, I mentioned one, I think it was in the first episode, my first ever appearance at a rugby league game was Parramatta versus Great Britain where Parramatta won yep. 22-16 and Parramatta were hopeless and they beat an international team and it was just so thrilling and there was a race in the middle at half time between Lee Odenrein and Martin O'Fire. I mentioned that but that was probably the highlight but I want to mention another one which is another Parramatta game. This one was Parramatta versus St George. I believe it was in the 1997 ARL season Ooh. and I used to go to the game with my dad and, and a friend and I was never a scre- I'm not a screamer. I don't scream. I just sit observe, acknowledge, you know, some, some clapping, some cheering, nodding, uh, chin-stroking, that sort of thing. Mm. But that that game, suggests you're reserved, but that mailbag song we heard earlier does <laughs> yeah. not. I've got, there's, two, there's many shades to uh, John O'Duncan. So the, <laughs> the game I'm talking about was against St George, and they had Anthony Mundine, who was at his best at the time. He was unstoppable sometimes. He was the man. Playing in the centres, he was. You don't get that name for nothing. And... Parramatta were just sort of starting to become a half-decent team. So we're in that sort of phase where uh, Parramatta were hopeless for most of the 90s, but were sort of transforming into a decent team. And, and this seemed to be a really important game in, in the context of Parramatta's improvement. And so anyway, it was a very close game. There were fights, I remember, between Anthony Mundine and Jared McCracken. It was just a really intense game. The crowd, was, the crowd was... Former <laughs> captain of the West Tigers. The yeah. crowd was really into it, and I just remember screaming my lungs out and screaming my throat hoarse. Wow. Uh, so that's a, a really intense memory for me and, and one of my favourite games that I've ever been to. Yeah, all right. Well, well I've got a few, but I, I think the one that is burnt into my memory the most is a game at Marathon Stadium, Ooh. as it was called at that time, between Newcastle and Canberra. Okay. Now, these are the days where Canberra had the likes of Brett Mullins. Oh. Mullins! Ken Nagus. Oh, what a back line. Daly Stewart. Yeah, it, they, they were just hot all over the park. Nadruku. Nadruku, no one Nadruku. So, yeah, the Raiders absolutely smashed the Knights that night. Um, and Brett Mullins scored three tries, a couple which were nearly length of the field oh. efforts. And just, yeah, made made the Knights look silly. So that's that's probably the one I remember the most. But the reason I remember it the most mm. is because um, I decided I would paint my face for that game. Yes. Love a face paint. But I didn't use paint that's meant for your face. <laughs> oh, dear. Slug. Slug. I used paint. You used paint. As in, you know, the gear you put on a canvas to make a nice picture with. So, um, that, and it was coated on thick. So, was yeah. It one half red, one half blue? Yeah, yeah, yeah something yeah. to that effect. Then undercoat and then the, <laughs> yeah. the actual coat. <laughs> Wait for it to dry. Uh, yeah, I didn't have any methylated spirits on me or terps to get that off either. So, yes, it went very hard very quickly, cracked, Ooh. and was um, extremely difficult to remove. So... <laughs> So, uh, oh, so not is, there, in the, is there photo evidence of this? 
Oh, look. You say there is. Oh, I, I doubt it. Oh, that's a shame. But, yeah, you know, not only did I have the sting of my team being humiliated, yeah. but I had to sit there with um, on the train home <laughs> with my um, face covered in well, lucky, art paint. Lucky you wouldn't have cracked a smile because that would have uh. really hurt with the paint. <laughs> But you bring up an interesting point because I remember that season where Brett Mullins was basically unstoppable and it brings up another issue uh, that I love to talk about and that is purple patches, some of the greatest Mm. purple patches in rugby league history. Brett Mullins had one of the great purple patches in that period where he was unstoppable scoring length of the field tries pretty much every week. Uh, what are what are some other great purple patches? I'm thinking, you know, Jared Hayne, yeah, 2009, I mean, Jared is the obvious Hayne, one. That's the most obvious one. Yeah. He dragged that team, kicking and screaming to a grand final. Yeah. Like they tried to, re- they resisted so much, but mm. he, he wouldn't let them. He was but that it's, good. It, it's a question that I'd like to throw out to the listeners. What, yeah. are, what are some of your favourite player purple patches in rugby league history? We've got a couple here: Brett Mullins, that yeah. period in that in the mid 90s, perhaps. Oh, you know, I think it's a good one. We're, we're talking recent. Uh, Darius Boyd, when he was at the Dragons in 2010, I think. Oh, great yeah. 2010. He was. Yeah. I remember there was one game at the SCG against. It must have been South or someone who were there, mm. like a traditional rival, and there was a, a, a length of the field run from um, his opposite, and yeah. all this person had to do was either make the choice. The, Darius Boyd was the only line of defence. Either run past Darius Boyd or pass it to his outside, mm-hmm. and Darius Boyd read what was going to happen and just nabbed it for an intercept and ran the length of the field down the other uh, way and scored. And it was... At that moment, I thought, wow, Darius Boyd's just at that point now where he can do no wrong in yeah. his game. Everything's going right for him right now. Sure. Yeah. And for older listeners, who are... the? Remember when we were talking about progressive players mm. a week or two ago that's and right. I forgot who my second one was? Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, I'm going to throw him in here now as a purple patch merchant. Gavin Miller. Really? That's for older listeners. Yeah. He went through a real phase there, kind of... Late 80s, early 90s, just, just always, anytime he touched the ball, something happened. Yeah, it was amazing. A, he was one of the first ball-playing forwards, too. Yeah. He so, could put um, in a, a dinky grubber. He could do it all. Yeah. Great play, Gavin Miller. Oh, sensational. All right. Great question. Yeah, please, and yes, as Jono says, please do write in with your thoughts on um, players who have had great purple patches. Now, can you smell it? I can smell it. It's not the mailbag. That's been closed. <laughs> it's the Big Al updates. That's what oh, it is. Oh, oh. Here we go. Uh, I, haven't got, I haven't got a song prepared. Can I, maybe I can freestyle. Uh, so, yo, here I am talking about the international game. You know, I talk about it so much because, man, it's not lame. I really like to dream about the game taking its place uh, on the world stage. Man, that would be so ace. I can't get enough of that wonderful stuff. Oh, yeah, rugby league, give it to me. Um, I, I like it rough. Look, um, look, that, that was, was a okay. genuine freestyle, my friend. Well, that, that, was, <laughs> that was okay. It didn't have quite the energy that Jono's had, but look, we'll work with it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, so the standard French rugby league update is going to take a bit of a different, uh, a different twist this week because we've had a bit of a pause in the Super League and Championships due to Round 5 of the Challenge Cup happening. So what that means, people, is we have a Catalans update in Challenge Cup. We have a Toronto Wolfpack update in the Challenge Cup. We don't have a Toulouse update because Toulouse have withdrawn from the Challenge Cup for 2018. They've, they voluntarily have not entered oh. for reasons unknown. 
How, That's a bit bizarre. How's yeah. that possible? Like, can you just opt out of a comp if you? Well, it's a, yeah, the Challenge Cup. I suppose you can. It's, it's, you you enter it or you don't enter it. It's not the championship or the, it's not the, the standard round by round premiership. Yeah, true. I suppose they're putting all their eggs into the promotion basket. That's the only That's thing I actually, could think yeah, of. I think, yeah, like, maybe. They wanted... But it just said uh, all updates I had on it was Toulouse Olympique have chosen not to enter this year's the, the 2018 Challenge Cup reasons uh, yet. Uh, to be known. Well, it's well, a bit, bit weird for them not to is it come sad? up with some press release explaining themselves to their own fans, at yeah. least, don't you well, think? Well, no, they probably did, but it would have been in French, and, you know, I don't, oh, yeah. I don't speak French. Oh, yeah, right. right okay. I don't speak French. <laughs> I speak Australian. <laughs> uh, so, in place of the Toulouse Olympique update, I'd like to put in a Dewsbury Rams update, because oh, we all know yeah. that I have oh. a soft spot. It's, it's pretty straightforward it's stuff. It's our so. fifth favourite team <laughs> in the, the championship. Dewsbury Rams. So, unfortunately, they went down to Halifax over the weekend, 18-46 to 46 mm. Dewsbury, so not a, good, not a good showing for them. Otherwise, though... They're going to have to improve if they're to stay in the <laughs> yeah, cup, <laughs> Um, perennial strugglers of the French Rugby League update, Catalans. Mm. They had a win. They had a win in the Challenge Cup uh, across the from the York City Knights, 34 to 22. Well, that's a bit of a relief because I read the report there and they were in trouble against York, who were two divisions below them, mm. uh, but they ended up running away with it by 12 points. But so just, the fact, a just the fact that they were in trouble against this, a, a team, a semi-professional team, a team with guys that, with you know, gar- garbos and dentists, people mm. that aren't full-time professionals, and they were in trouble, says a lot about where Calans are at the moment. It's a real... I'm worried. Yeah. I worry for them. Struggle straight. Yeah, yeah. Very much agree. And look, again, just going back to Dewsbury, they have every right to be in this update, just on the strength of how enjoyable it is to say the name. <laughs> oh, yeah, Dewsbury. that's true. Dewsbury. <laughs> Should be liquid wallpaper in Willy Wonka's uh, chocolate factory, right? <laughs> and then, um, so Toronto Wolfpack, of course, they're, they're, they're in a purple patch themselves. Uh, they've defeated Barrow 16-12. So both Catalans and Toronto advance to the next round of Le Coupe du Challenge. And I believe the next round is when the big Super League clubs enter the competition. So yeah. that's very I think the top eight enter the competition at the next round. So yeah. that's very exciting so times. We think we can see Catalans uh, leave the competition pretty soon after that. Yeah. Well, you think Let's so. hope Toronto can do some good things. And um, I think Darcy Lusick's been given his release early as well. Uh, I think Darcy Lusick might have played in that game. Oh, really? Actually, maybe he, maybe he played. I saw a tweet from him or an Instagram from him or something saying, um, my first game is today. Right. So I don't know if that was, I can't remember if that was over the weekend or if that was, but I think he's already laced up. Oh, so right. there you go. Interesting to see how he goes. Perhaps I can put a, a rolling Darcy Lussick update into this as well. <laughs> Let's yeah, discuss we'll see, that. We'll see. Okay. Darcy Lussick could almost get a run in Jono's team of great names as well, I reckon. Yeah, there's, there's something to that. It's not a bad name, Lussick. Um, Big Al, you got more over there? Uh, I do. Now, just on uh, something that we touched on last week where we were talking about the Rotterdam Nines uh, and the South Brussels Gorillas, and you said, are there any other teams with gorilla names? And I I referred you to the Gorilla Gorillas. Yes. Mm. But I'd also like to know there is, in fact, a London team, the South London Silverbacks. Oh. Uh, Now, they're not a professional team. They're actually almost like a co-op team. So there's a team that that, uh, is... By the players and for the players, yep. uh, I think so it's, it's a pretty interesting concept. So all players pay to play, obviously, and by paying, they get voting rights within how the how the team is is run and administered. Uh, it's a pretty pretty good idea, and they, they play uh, in a, a London comp. They also play at the masters levels, which is where you've got over thirty fives through to over sixties. Oh. And the way you interact with each with, with so each. Did you say sixties? 
60s above, yeah. Are people in their 60s playing league? They are. And the reason they're able to do this, this is really quite fascinating, is in the Masters games, you're, you wear a, color, a different coloured shorts depending on your age group. Right. So if you're 35 to 45, you wear white, uh, you know, 45 to 55, red, whatever. Once you get 60, you're in the gold shorts. And depending on the colour of the shorts is how you can tackle or attack. Oh, wow. So the guys that are, the guys that are in the white shorts can tackle each other as normal but when you go up to the guys in the gold shorts when you're attacking when you're in the gold shorts and you're attacking um somebody has to you've got like oz tag style velcro tag someone has to tag that right um and i think or they can like lay a a hand on you for two seconds or something like that and that constitutes a tackle okay so does that mean if you just fill your whole team with 60-year-olds? It must be a rule that. The levels would be like standard tackle, if you think in, in terms of the schoolyard, standard tackle, then when the teacher says you can't play tackle, you go, fine, we'll play grab one, two, three. Yep. Remember that? Oh, so yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. mid-tackle. And then okay. after that, it's touch rules only. Okay. So okay. Think, of it, think of it like you're playing footy at, half at, at, at lunchtime, the teacher interrupts you, and you're continually modifying your style yeah. of play to fit in with the precious playground rules. Yeah. And you've all got to be wearing a hat, of course, because otherwise, <laughs> no hat, no play. <laughs> uh, but I'm off course here. Uh, so <laughs> what was I talking about? Yeah, so the South London Silver I'll just Bags. imagine like a bunch of 60-year-olds doing big stacks on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wearing those hats so the, with flaps. So the South London Silverbacks, look them up. They're pretty cool. They've got some. Their logos, pretty pretty good stuff. And they're actually selling merch. So if oh, we were doing, okay. a, if, if we were going to broadcast this live over, over Facebook, I'd be decked out in some South London Silverbacks <laughs> well, gear. Well, maybe they should send us some for bigging them up. Yep. Um, what I like about that is that it's not just all right. Let's pick a big tough animal to be our mascot. They go, let's pick a big tough animal and then pick the toughest variation <laughs> of that animal. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, uh, you've got to have that winning attitude. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, I reckon it's... No? I think we've got some more. Oh, is there more? Oh, sorry, more. sorry. I didn't realise. Uh, so, geez, my update's going for a while, isn't it? So, <laughs> so uh, the Hong Kong Rugby League has just announced the start of their, I hate to say it, Jono, their Nines tournament, okay, which is, uh, okay. starts on the 27th. So that's, that's become a bit of an international... Uh, got a bit of an international feel to it. So we've got teams from PNG... Uh, development squad from Tonga. A couple of teams. Uh, there'll be a team from Australia because it just will be mm-hmm. somewhere. Maybe we could chuck get the money together and sure. go over there with some gold shorts. Um, and there will also be some Hong Kong based teams. So we've got the Oriana Storm, the Wan Chai Warriors, and the Coastal Cobras. Oh, cool. So that'll that's the 27th of May. Is how that goes. There's also going to be a touch uh, a touch tournament baked into that as well. So Hong Kong Rugby League doing great things. Mm. Uh, and I just got an update. I know everybody's really concerned about the situation with the Fiji. Rugby League yeah, and the player payment play? scenario there. Mm. Oh, so for those who don't know, there was a bit of argy-bargy about uh, players not being paid for their part in the World Cup, left out of pocket, etc., etc. So the Rugby League International Federation, RLIF, has realised this is a situation that cannot stand. Yeah. In, in protecting, in protecting the, the, the good name of International Rugby League and making sure that players are certain that they won't be left out of pocket if they participate and choose to represent their country, mm-hmm. they've stepped in and provided funds to clear up that mess. And I oh. think they've guaranteed a corner's guarantor for a loan for the Fiji Rugby League, which is it's good news just to get that out of the way and make sure there's no... It's, after such a successful World Cup, it was, it was heartbreaking to find that there were certain pockets of bad taste left in in the game there so that's been cleared up thank you RLIF I don't think they have yep. much money but mm. they've done what they can representing the worker yep. that sounds nice a little move. more professional than their first plan which was just Jared Hayne fishes around down the back of his couch <laughs> yeah, that's right. see if he can pull any coinage out <laughs> um, and that's it for the updates oh Great god update. I'm loving the updates I just I just 
I'm just here for updates. Yeah. Let's be honest. All right. Progressive Rugby League Moments of the Week. Jono, lay it on us. Okay, my Progressive Rugby League Moment of the Week comes from Anthony Milford. This is on the game on Friday night between the Broncos and the Storm, where Anthony Milford put in... He noticed the fullback was not there in his usual position. He put in a little grubber, yeah. he chased through, he regathered and scored a try into the post. That's and I thought, to myself, I thought it was very progressive. Beautiful. It was instinct. It was all, uh, you know, just off-the-cuff stuff. And it was very entertaining. So it's the stuff... You know, it wasn't a block play. It wasn't a set move. Uh, it was just, I see something, I play it, and he was rewarded. And I thought it was one of the, uh, the the better plays of the year so far. Simple, but beautiful. Do you think we've crested the hill mm. of set plays and shape being the only thing anyone ever does? Do you think that the creative sparks have just started to flicker a little bit again? I see sparks. I see green shoots. I see, I see both <laughs> yeah. those things. So I'm hoping... There are good times ahead for progressive rugby league fans such yeah. as us. Excellent. Oh, I think that's true. That's the sense I'm getting. Um, very quickly, my progressive rugby league moment of the week uh, was Andrew Fafita, surprisingly. Okay. That's two for him this season. He's got two, which um, we wouldn't have believed at the start of this podcast, I think. Uh, in the press conference after the Sharks-Panthers game, he admitted that he was scared before the game. So I think for a footballer to come out and say he's scared, particularly a big prop like for feeder, is very progressive. Mm. Um, of course, one of the journos tried to milk it, say, well, what do you mean? What do you mean you were scared before the game? Um, and there was a bit of derision in the tone of his voice, but for feeder just went on to try and explain his feelings. And when the ability to complete sentences failed him, the coach Shane Flanagan took over to try and explain Andrew's feelings for him, right. which... Um, it says to me, well, for the coach to be so in touch with Fafita's feelings that he can sub in mm. and explain them to a cynical pack of journos at the drop of a hat, very progressive. It's well done, Flano. Yeah, well done, Flano. Well done, Fafita. And I doubt I'm going to say that very often. Do we get out what Fafita was scared of? Well, it, was, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but. Just out of curiosity. I mean, yes, hats off to him for admitting his feelings. Footballers or none, that's, that's a... It's a difficult thing to do sometimes. Yeah. I, I believe that he was under the impression last the the previous game when he got a, a, a knock to his knee that it was oh an ACL an ACL <sighs> and so um, you know I think he got a bit of conflicting medical advice during the week yeah. and so was very trepidatious about taking the field but I, I just think to come out and tell a room full of men mm. that he was frightened uh, I think that's uh, that's props to the being in touch with your emotions in touch with your emotions and the coach being in touch with your emotions. Yeah. Very progressive. Yeah, well just, done. You can slide in there just to complete. Yeah. He uh, was scared. Yeah. yeah. And also, good on him for, like, often you see professional athletes exposing their emotions in that way, but only when there's, they need to. So I refer to the Michael Clark ball tampering press conference. I'm not Steve so, I'm, Smith. Sorry. Sorry. Who? Yeah, okay. Steve. Just go. I don't. Um, I refer to the Steve Smith uh, ball tampering press conference where, I'm not saying that his, his emotion was not genuine, but he... It was a pretty serious he thing pretty he was well addressing, whereas yeah. Yeah. Fafita was just talking about like your standard pre- or post-game chit-chat, yeah. and good on him for admitting. Yes. Sorry, not admitting, but he doesn't have to admit anything. That implies that something, something <laughs> bad's going on, but good on him for opening up. All right, and Buddha's home, Big Al, progressive moment of the week. So I've already told everybody that after the West Tigers-Newcastle game, I chucked my toys right out of the cot and refused to watch the rest of the round. So my, I've only got four games to choose from. So my progressive moment of the week also comes from the Brisbane-Melbourne Storm match. 
two reflections. One, just that game was unbelievable in terms of, of progressive football. There was yeah. some chucking it around to be had. I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. I think my probably best moment of the, of the game was the Vunavalu cutout pass. Oh. Cut it across half the team, landed on it. It was amazing. But my actual progressive moment is the Billy Slater controversial try. Oh, yes. Uh, I think it's one. It's, it's pretty funny. We referred to in episode one that rugby league is a funny game. Mm. I think it's very funny that you can accidentally score a try. Like it's perfectly within the rules. The same way you can accidentally commit a penalty. He accidentally scored that try, but I like the fact that he fully he admitted to it. He didn't yeah. try and he didn't try and sell it. He just got up, shook his head. It's no try. And then when it was flashed up as a try, he was genuinely yeah. surprised. I really <laughs> like that. Do you, do you think there in any other instances ever of a player getting up saying nah? Didn't score it, and then the referee overruling yeah. going, "Yes, you did." Afraid so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was a really good game, and I think the Storm. We've criticised them in the past for playing what you dubbed slug corporate rugby league, mm. but really, they're one of the more entertaining clubs in the competition at the moment. The way uh, when the, they want to be, when they want to be, they've got yeah. You're right. They've got an ugly forward pack that sort of grapples, but the back line is just so exciting with mm. Bunavalu and obviously Ado Carr and Slater. That back three. And they all like to use the ball and throw it around and yeah. do some that, like the, basketball that chucks and stuff. Break and then chip for Billy Slater. Yes, grubber for Billy Slater. Sorry, that was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Where when he pulled that out, I, I was on my feet. We should have applauding maybe, the TV. We should have maybe halfway through the season have a progressive rugby league update where your team is at in progressive rugby oh, league oh, states. Oh, nice. You know, so you know you might well, maybe A to F sort of thing when yep. it comes to progressive rugby league, which means I'll probably have to watch a bit more rugby league. You've mentioned it previously, but the skills that wingers have these days. Yeah. Amazing. The rest, of the, the rest of the team are just there supporting wingers. And wingers <laughs> are the most important. They're the VIPs of the modern game. They're the, uh, they're the old men in the yellow shorts of the professional yeah, right. game. Get it to the wingers! How the game has changed from the mm. days when you just st- stuck your most hopeless joke out there <laughs> yeah, and right. hope the ball didn't get to him very much. <laughs> Uh, that'll do us for this week. Um, always lovely to talk to you, fellas, and always lovely to talk to you, listener. Bye, all. See ya. See you, everybody, in Rugby League We Trust. There it is. Now, I like how you said listener, not listener. Yeah. <laughs> We've got... Just being factual. <laughs>